Have you ever wondered how a song is made? How it starts? What happens during the recording process? How does an idea become that beautiful three-minute thing you hear on the radio? My name is Emmeline, and in Journey of a Song, I take you on a tour of a musician's creative process, from the very first notes to the final, fully produced progression. As a singer-songwriter and an independent recording artist, I am intimately familiar with the magic of music creation, but I also know that each song has its own sacred story. Each week, I'll be talking to a different songwriter as they pull back the curtain on a favorite composition, beginning with the acoustic version of the song and ending with the final recorded product. In between, you'll hear a conversation about the inspiration behind the song, the decisions made in the recording booth, and the many ways in which music reflects and informs our emotions and our lives. This week, my guest is the talented, thoughtful Catherine Patterson. Catherine's love affair with music began with the violin, but she's since branched out to multiple string instruments, like the mandolin and the guitar. She's one half of the folk duo Very Good Friends and part of the Americana collective Doggerland, but she's here today to talk about the release of her very first solo EP as a singer-songwriter and the project's beautiful title track, Bloom. Welcome back to Journey of a Song. My name is Emmeline. I'm your host, and I'm super stoked for today's episode because we have with us the fantastic Catherine Patterson. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. You have had quite the busy week. You had a birthday. You had a CD release. Yes. All kinds of, I guess we call them EP releases, album releases now. We can't call them CD releases. Yeah, I guess not. I didn't print any CDs either. So uh, I guess EP release, birthday, all of it. So lots of, lots of new beginnings this year and so it's fitting that we're here today to talk about your beautiful song bloom yeah and we're going to give our listeners the chance to hear the acoustic version of that right now
That was lovely. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, it's been a real gift to get to kind of vibe with this EP. Uh, you were kind enough to send me a little preview before it was released. So I've had a couple more than three or four days, which has been really nice to just marinate in it. And I love hearing, we talked a little bit offline, but I love hearing the Celtic breakdown on just the mandolin. I think it's a really beautiful thing. Thank you. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to write. I was, um, my sister had given me the challenge to, I grew up playing violin, mm -hmm. um, but like, you know, the Suzuki method. So it was all, you know, sort of like classical, much older um, tunes. Uh, although when you think about folk tunes, some of those have also been around for a very long time. Um, point being, um, I was doing a retreat with some friends in New Mexico um, and my sister had given me the challenge to sort of get back into violin because I'd expressed wanting to try out fiddling. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think that that sort of sonic palette of um, fiddling was sort of in my in my brain and in my fingers for when I started writing that little reel at the end. So, yeah, it's it's quite beautiful. And it's I love the musical symbolism of that sort of being the bloom that happens. So I want to talk about all of those super nerdy things. Totally. But this is the title track from the yes. first EP you've done. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what that process was like. Sure. Um, as I mentioned, I was, you know, writing this stuff in on an artist retreat with other art musicians. Um, and this was in, uh, you know, January to March of 2021. So mm. we were pretty much isolating in the house, just the five of us. Um, and so, you know, I was far from my family, far from my partner, far from other friends, though I was with people, although the two people out of the five that I hadn't met were the first people I had met in a year because of, you know, being in a pandemic and, and not meeting new people. And so, um, so I think I was writing this from a place of feeling far from people, but also close to people in some ways and, and having time and space to feel things and examine things in a different way than when you're in the hustle and bustle of, of daily life. Um, this was time we had, you know, set aside to be working on music things. So, um, yeah, it felt fun to, to write something that, you know, opens up into this reel at the end that blooms with musicians in this space that I could really experiment um, with. Because, uh, you know, it's one thing to be writing in your bedroom by yourself and another thing to bring it to a room of people who you trust and um, who are incredible at their craft. And so um, two of those people actually are on the recording. Um, Chris Peters, who is my producer, and Kenyon Duncan, who is a fantastic all-around musician and person. Um, and so I was lucky to be able to have them on the recording as well. But they were there at the inception in the living room, sort of being like, how do we put this together, improvising and stuff. So it really felt like a we've been calling that section sort of like the barn dance reel. <laughs> it's just everybody getting together and just, and just celebrating um, that we've, that we can grow from the difficult stuff. Yeah. I love, I, I mean, I think the placement in the song to me signified exactly like you were saying, growth and chaos and like the possibility of growth and grief and how you find joy where you look for it. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because Bloom and the EP are part of a larger project, which confusingly is called Wake, which is also one of the songs on the EP. Um, but I love the word wake because it's, you know, waking up from a dream, but also it is a vigil, um, holding vigil for someone who's passed away. So that's sort of in between space. And um, the album itself is dealing with feelings of loss and grief. And also at some point it was called Things I've Lost and Where to Find Them. Mm. And so trying to find in our day-to-day -day lives the things in the world around us that can remind us of the people we've lost or the feelings we've lost or the parts of ourselves that we've lost and and also you know celebrate um what what we've become who we've become um because of our life experiences yeah, I love that you talk about that. I feel like that's been a theme already in the discussions. So I teach music when I'm not playing music. And in the discussions that I've had with my students in the new year, we've talked a lot about holding space for multiple feelings, sometimes feelings that seem contradictory, like grief and gratitude, right? Totally. Joy and sadness and how those things can come out of the same situation. 
and that can be really confusing. But as a musician, we have this freedom and this palette that allows us to find a place for all of those things almost at once. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like those um, with my producer, Chris, you know, we talked about um, some of the songs on the album feeling like they're portals between the feelings, but also the fact that like the two spaces of like feeling the grief and also feeling the joy or the comfort or whatever it is like that is the same place you're just looking at it from a different angle so i think with especially with bloom i was feeling like you know i had written songs about grief that were just sad and i was trying to write a song a companion piece for myself that was like no you can feel these two things um and that's good you know that's a good thing sometimes we have to give ourselves permission though We feel like we have to box ourselves into one feeling and work through that feeling before we can get to the other one. Yeah. And it can also sometimes be a bit easier to not um, move through the complexity of something. Um, But it also is uh, sometimes harder to just sit with the difficult stuff. You know, it is also it's important to feel all of it because that is also how you move through something. Yeah. The only way out is through. Yeah, that's so beautiful. I appreciate you sharing all of that. So it sounds like for you, this record came from a combination of things. Like you had been in isolation for a long time and then you were in this house with these four other people and giving yourself time and space to really get creative and giving yourself permission to set aside that time. Yeah. And then it sounds like maybe there had been some personal loss that you were striving to navigate. Yeah, I think um, I think being in a space in an unfamiliar environment and also having set aside time to create music um, in ways that I had dealt with stuff before in ways that I hadn't allowed me to sort of like sit with feelings of um, loss of like relationships but also people so like a lot of times when I'm writing stuff I kind of combine this is sort of like about the sort of complexity of feelings but like Bloom is not just about one person it's more about the feeling and so it's Mm. about multiple people um the you in the song to me is not always the same person um but i'm sort of trying to get at a feeling that resulted from multiple people multiple events that i'm i'm inside feeling the same way um and so yeah i think i think that's all (laughs) <laughs> I lost I kind of lost myself in that one <laughs> no but I think that's that's part of it right is you know the only way out is through but to go through you have to go deep into yeah. whatever you're struggling to navigate and sometimes you do feel a little bit like you've lost the thread like wait, where did we start <laughs> how did yeah. I get here where am I yeah. but I think you know that's part of the beauty of the artistic process is allowing yourself to go there okay. and then you know it sounds like you had a really safe space and people who could kind of jar you back into the real world, if you will. Yeah. could be like, all right, cool. Now we're going to get dinner. <laughs> then we can come back to this weird dark place where we're not sure where we are. But first, let's order some Thai food. Yeah. Was this the first writer's retreat you'd ever been on? It was. I am, um, in terms of like songwriting, I'd say I'm somewhat relatively new to it in that I've been like, writing full songs discounting sort of the like you know choruses and stuff i've written in the shower up until 2018 i started writing songs in like 2018 after i graduated trying to make sense of things and also um write songs for friends that i was missing because i was living in a different state um and so uh i was sort of writing while I also had another job. And so because my job was in person and customer service, I didn't have a job when the pandemic um, came. And so I just had the music. Um, And so this was the first time that I pretty much in my life gave myself the opportunity to just do music um, Mm -hmm. and allowed myself to just be like, no, like you can take yourself seriously as a songwriter, as a musician, like, um, yeah, just like giving myself the chance to explore that Um, as opposed to being like, oh, I need to do other things also, which like the day job thing, that's important. It's important to like pay for things and pay your bills and all that stuff, eat. Um, And and I hadn't quite let myself really give time to 
this passion of mine until until kind of 2020 and this oops this retreat in 2021 so what was the impetus for signing up for the retreat was it that kind of giving of permission or was it sort of something that had been building up as you'd been able to dig into the space where you were like maybe I kind of like it here a little bit um of all of it and um it was like a very informal retreat it was just like two of my college friends and two of their friends and they were like well one of us is working two of us are working on an album and the other of us are looking to sort of be with people and make music so what if we did a thing and I was kind of uh I was on the phone with my one of my college roommates who was one of the people there and she was like I'm doing this thing would you want to come and I was like oh I'd ne- yeah right yes absolutely <laughs> you know so like I mean there was a bit more like I don't know like can I make this work it's a long time away yeah you know can I whatever and but yeah it was like we got an Airbnb um and stayed there for three months and we all cooked everybody had a night that they cooked and so it was like a very informal thing in that it sort of came together organically um and yeah so it was very special it was a really special time when three months is quite a length of time yes and I think having not come there with like a specific project there were moments where I lost my train of thought uh in terms of the grand scheme of things where I was like what am I working on like you know I was kind of writing some stuff and also working on um, an EP with my other band and, you know, recording stuff in closets and all that stuff. And so trying to find purpose, um, in a completely amorphous time, there was no schedule. Like I had to set my own schedule. It was like, you know, music is now your job. You know, how do you make time for that? Make time for eating, make time for going outside and enjoying this beautiful place where you are. Um, so it was very interesting to be thrown into like, uh, yeah, being a musician um, in nature and yeah, figuring out how to be a person. <laughs> when, yeah, like you said, figuring out how to take yourself seriously as a creative yeah. and figuring out how to give yourself the time, but also the structure. You're like, okay, now we have the time, but we probably should structure this so it doesn't all just disappear down this three-month-long drain. Yeah. Yeah, and I think having, you know, having two people there who were working on an album and they had deadlines and stuff Mm -hmm. helped me stay a bit more focused. And having the challenge from my sister, who was like, try learning a new fiddle tune every week, that also, you know, was a structured task. Um, so, and then the other, the other bits were like, oh, we're, I'm writing a song with this person today, or I'm sitting in my room working on this recording for the other EP, or, you know, writing this stuff on the mandolin, which I picked up for the first time on this retreat, because someone had brought one, and I was like, well, I grew up playing violin, they're, uh, the same tuning, and I play guitar, so I know fretted instruments, so let's see what happens. Yeah, you're like, how hard can another one be? Yeah. They're all kind of the same structure. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but I think that you you touch on something really important, right? Which is coming to it with a lot of curiosity. Mm. It sounds like you gave yourself the freedom. I think so often as musicians, especially trained musicians, in a space with other trained musicians, is sometimes we can put pressure on ourselves to be good or to know what's going on. And in doing that, we can sort of lose the curiosity that allows us to find a sound we're looking for or a line that really speaks to the truth of what we're experiencing or, you know, just to get curious about what we're experiencing. So we could even start to think about putting words to that. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily this group of people that I was with are like a very wonderful people, very generous people, collaborators, um, and also silly people. And so like we were goofing off and writing silly songs. And so it didn't feel like we were taking ourselves too seriously, but also there was space for, um, experimenting in a more intentional way. Um, so it was just a very, it felt like it sort of opened a door for me to be like, okay, you know, like all of the silly and the fun and the seriousness, the complexity of being a creative person, um, that's all, you know, a a part of, a part of the recipe. Yeah. That sounds like a really beautiful experience. Yeah. It was really, really special and very much like influences me still today. I'm trying to think if there are any other songs that are on the full album that were written there. Um, but I know that all three of these were there. I, I sent a text to a friend, I think it was like February 12th or 21st, some combination of those two numbers of two and one. Um, 
and it was like, you know, I wrote these two songs and I think they go together, but I'm not quite sure. I hadn't written the interlude yet, the instrumental part. Mm-hmm. And now nearly two years later, you know, that's out in the world for people to listen to. So, um, yeah, very cool. Very cool. And it's like very fun to have my music out there finally for the first time, just because I've been writing songs now for quite a few years and sending voice memos to friends. I mean, actually the acoustic version came, my abbreviated version came from my friends sending me the voice memo of like one of the first times I played it all the way through and it was shorter because it was just me and the mandolin. Um, and so I was like, huh, maybe I'll do that on the, on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were talking about that navigating an acoustic arrangement of a song that is now fully produced and exists in your head as this fully produced thing, because, you know, we spend all this time in the studio being like, oh, what do I want? How do I want it to go? How do I want it to build and develop? Um, and it sounds like you made some really intentional choices with these two friends about how you wanted it to turn into this like wonderful barn dance moment at yeah. the end. It is interesting to sort of scale back and realize how it started and then yeah. be like, do I, do I honor how it started when I play it acoustically? Like, do I show people that or do I, do I play it as it is now, but pulled back and toned down? I think those are all really interesting questions. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. Cause it's like, especially with the end when Bloom is building, you know, it's literally a built-in build to this dance at the end, um, the slow blooms the uh you know the i think in the in the actual recording it happens like four times i was like ah no one needs to hear me sing bloom four times because like in terms of what i felt like i could do in my closet here i didn't feel like over the course of four i was gonna get to the place that i that i wanted it to be for the dance um not that I'm unhappy with how it sounds acoustically, but um, but in terms of like the build, it feels like acoustically, it doesn't need for, you know, it can be just like, and we're here, you know, and now we're in the dance and um, and there's nobody else to dance with me, but I'm having a little party of my own and, and now we've made it to the end. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's the part, right, at which you realize that you found something that you want to share with other people. So you're like, oh, maybe this is a multi-instrumental song. Maybe yeah. this part gets bigger. I'm going to call my friends. I'm going to send some voice memos. I'm going to see what happens next. Mm -hmm. I want to highlight two things for our listeners. One, that I, you basically created this retreat yourself with these friends. This wasn't an official thing. You didn't like go seek out writers, but this was something the universe sort of handed to you that you said yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like you said, it wasn't like a super obvious immediate yes, but it was definitely a yes in your bones. Yeah. I feel like that's the thing I've talked to people about. Um, since moving here and getting involved in the Dallas music community, which I feel like is so welcoming and it's not, doesn't feel competitive. It's just like, everybody's kind of looking out for each other in a way that felt really special. Um, but especially as I was closer to that retreat in terms of like, uh, you know, now we're farther from it because we're starting 2023, which is wild. Um, but yeah, I'm very much a proponent of like, if you can take the time, you know, you can do it in inexpensive ways. It doesn't have to be you know, we drove across the country from the East Coast to New Mexico and did that. But like, it doesn't have to be that it could truly be a weekend, you know, with a few people at a cabin, you know, in Oklahoma, you know, it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to feel inaccessible, we can make that time we can find the time um, to to give ourselves the space away from the day job away from the hustle and bustle away from whatever it is, the stress of your roommate, I don't know, you know, like, um, yeah, but everybody's got their something. Yeah, so we can make and find that time. Um, and really, and really give ourselves the space to, to make beautiful stuff and have fun and, and take ourselves and our art more seriously. Yeah, and to forge those friendships. Yeah, like, because I think friendships forged in art are extraordinarily special and sacred to me because I think you move past the surface level of friendship very quickly when you're creating with each other mm-hmm. you sort of have to expose yourself emotionally not yeah. physically but emotionally you sort of have to expose yourself in a way that feels really uncomfortable at first um the first time I ever did a songwriting session it's like emotional nakedness yeah it's very vulnerable um especially because when you're talking about 
art. It's not the questions of like, I don't know if this is good or bad. Those are always present, even if, even if you're like presenting a proposal in a business meeting. But the fact that it's like very personal too, you're talking about your personal experience or your feelings or someone, a family member, whatever it is, because it's so personal and so vulnerable that I feel like is elevated the sort of like, uh, yeah, the vulnerability in a space sharing it with someone. So um, from the from the get go, as you're saying, um, walls have to be lowered because you're trying to forge this exchange um, uh, from this place of vulnerability, which can create really beautiful stuff. Absolutely. And I, and I think it's a really special message about how we can forge connections just as people in the world. You know, like we have this model through art, but it might not necessarily need to be the kind of relationship we forge with art. It could just be the kind of relationship we forge with people where you allow yourself to get vulnerable and you allow yourself to find connection. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like you said, I think at the end of 2020, we were all super starved for that in a way that, you know, I think about my introvert college roommate who we had to drag out literally every like month once just to be like, you have to see people while you're living at a college. Um, When, when that roommate was like, I miss people. (laughs) We were like, we've all been alone a real long time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I work from home now too. So Mm -hmm. it's still a very important reminder for me to, you know, go out and do open mics and, um, and find collaborators and, you know, get dinner with friends and, um, and all that stuff. Cause it is, I think also very easy to settle into a routine, especially after a year or two of being told, you know, don't see people. Um, it is very easy. It's, it's hard to break that habit of, of being like, oh no, you know, like I watch movies sometimes and I'm like, wear their masks. Yes. (laughs) I'm like, oh my God, what's happening? Um, but yeah. It's, it's conditioning, and I think, like, being a songwriter and being in collaboration with people, that's a form of habit forming of, like, oh, I'm learning how to relatively quickly get to know people and, like, kind of pass the small talk and actually ask questions that are meaningful and get to know someone on a not necessarily, like, intimate level, you know, like, you're not, everyone's not going to be your best friend, you know, um, but, like, establishing emotional connections with people um, in a way that doesn't feel just uh yeah I don't know just surface level yeah just like stale acquaintanceship is what I think about it as yeah but like actually allowing yourself to get to a point where you're connecting with people mm-hmm. making a meaningful like connection not, yeah and it's not just like oh that person like feels like I'm genuinely interested but it's like no I am genuinely interested and like it it makes being in a space for example full of strangers much easier Because you're like, oh, I actually am interested in being here and getting to know people as opposed to like, oh, I have to be here and I don't really want to sit here by myself and not talk to anyone. So I guess I'll, you know, ask someone about the weather. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, I I appreciate that you share that. And I love I love the dichotomy of this kind of discussion of connections and of allowing yourself to like knock down your own walls and move past some psychological hangups that I think we were all left with post-pandemic of like, yeah. is it safe? Can I do it? it are, is it going to be well-received once I decide it's okay? Like if I decide, no, you can go up to strangers and say something. Are they going to be like, oh my God, why are you so close to me? Mm-hmm. Or are they going to be receptive? And how many times am I willing to push that button unsuccessfully before I stop? You know, all of these questions that we navigate. Yeah. You start this song though, with a kind of declaring of a boundary. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, it's funny because my partner's name is actually Lily. So everyone's like, oh, is that about Lily? And I'm like, no, no, it's not about Lily. (laughs) Um, I'm a gardener. And so um, I like plants and Mm. um, they pop up in a lot of songs. Um, And knowing that, you know, lilies are, you don't want to eat them, especially like don't have lilies around cats because cats like to eat plants. Um, Mm. But I think especially at the beginning of the song, the first two versus talking about setting boundaries figuring out like can you make a compromise to save a relationship and if so what is the compromise you're willing to make what is the other person asking of you um and is that enough 
Um, so, you know, I won't do this, but I will do this. Mm-hmm. And will you stay if I do that? Um, and then moving into, you know, the second verse of I read a letter from you and neglected my tea. Now I've got bitter leaves on my throat is begging, please stop drinking alone. You know, the compromise didn't work. Right. And, yeah. and, you know, how do we, how do we deal with, with that? Um, how do we feel those feelings? Um, you know, it's not, it's, I, I feel like I was trying not to write the you're wrong or I'm wrong song. Yeah. Um, just the, this is where I'm at. This is what happened. Um, this is me with someone. This is me without someone. And, um, you know, everybody has a hand in something happening. So, um, yeah, not a blame song, I guess, is what oh. I'm saying. Well, and yeah, that's really beautiful. And only we can make a choice about coming to the table, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, what I hear you describing is a sort of negotiation. Like, here's my boundary. I won't plant lilies for you. Um, and, you know, but I will do this. I will plant the snow peas. And like, we, we can see what happens to the peas. I think in conflict, you know, that's how we that's how we operate. We come to the table. We declare our boundaries. We let the other person declare theirs. We say, okay, let's work this out. We We go see how it works. And then so often, I mean, in partnership, in friendships, in work relationships, you have to come back to the table totally, and say, how did this work? But, you know, I read a letter from you says that you're the only one who came to the table. Right. And that's not a blame. It's just a statement of the situation. Yeah. But an important message about what that push and pull looks like and how you receive messages that aren't always direct messages. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know... Uh, even if someone doesn't come to the table, that doesn't have to be a bad thing either. You know, moving into the last verse of the peas growing tall and growing apart, but blooming separately, you know, like you, maybe that it wasn't right for either person. Um, and so we can still celebrate in who we've become because of that. And now, um, because of what we've experienced since then. Um, it doesn't have to be a bad thing that you grow apart from a friend or from a partner or, um, you know, yeah. I love the line and they don't reach the land of giants. (laughs) Yes. Because it's, yeah, when it speaks to that, I have a friend, a dear friend who calls it romantic pornography that we see all the time, like Mm -hmm. the rom-coms and, you know, the series and the sweet books and this this whole sect of media that glorifies the terrible breakup and then the like groveling process and the like stars in your eyes, romance, love that cycles over and over and over. Yeah. And I think, you know, we allow those things to creep into our consciousness and give us expectations. Yeah. And then when the actual growth falls short of those expectations, we have the choice to kind of grapple with our expectations or to realize, no, we, we were supposed to bloom in separate places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, a, I was going for the, you know, the Jack and the Beanstalk reference. Um, I was in Into the Woods in college. I was a musical theater kid. Um, and so that was on the brain. Um, Big, tall, terrible giants in the sky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, being able to to reassess and say, okay, that was a future I saw or a goal I had or whatever it is. And I didn't make that, um, that didn't come true. But as you know, as you were saying, you know, like we can bloom in separate places and, and great, you know, I love that you bring up Sondheim. I was like, I wonder, I wonder if there's a Sondheim reference. Um, we actually took my partner and I took a special trip over the summer Mm -hmm. to see into the woods and on Broadway. Because it was an incredible cast. Patty Lapone was in company. Like, it was a good summer for Sondheim. Yes. But the beautiful... Nah, spoiler alert for all of our friends who have not seen Into the Woods. <laughs> but the beauty of Into the Woods is that the second half is about what happens when the stock does reach the land of giants. And nothing turns out the way you thought it would. Mm-hmm. And grappling with that. Because, you know, I think the thing that you hint at here is this concept of what happens when we get what we want Mm -hmm. and it turns out to not be what we want Mm -hmm. yeah which is another kind of grappling totally 
Totally, totally. Yeah. Yeah, Sondheim's great. That's a good show. Um, and I think, like, the the way that show is constructed, not to get too much into it, but, um, you know, the way it's constructed <laughs> where it's like, Keep you know, again, the spoiler alert, it's like, you know, the first act being like, oh, you know, this is great. Um, right, happily ever after, like, what, what you wished for, I wish for, you know, to go to the ball, to the festival, you know, all of these things coming true, and they're just saying, you know, and then what happens when that does come true, um, what happens when, you know, you are in a relationship you thought you wanted, um, that no longer is what you wanted, or the person is not the person you thought they were, or you're not who you thought you were. Um, or you're no longer that person, whatever it is. Um, it is, I think he does complexity well. Um, so yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. One of my favorite exchanges from Into the Woods that touches on that is the baker's wife in Cinderella. Mm. She's like, tell me about the ball. She's like, well, he's a very nice prince and it's a very nice ball. Very nice ball. And when I entered, they trumpeted and, and the prince he's tall (laughs) is that all and that is that all is such a poignant question to ask ourselves and I think one that is kind of threaded through bloom in a way that struck me as a listener in both the acoustic and in the fully produced version of it I read a letter from you and this sense of is that all that's left of the relationship is that it is this where it ends that moment where we both come to the table to negotiate and you're like, oh, is this all we're willing to offer each other? Is that enough? Mm-hmm. And then in the end, like, is the inability to reach the sky it? Or is there a different goal that we didn't anticipate? Is there a different coming to fruition that we couldn't see in the outset that we get to see now that we have a little perspective? Mm-hmm. Yeah, perspective is big, you know? Um hindsight is 2020 sometimes but also i feel like this is kind of a a hot take but i feel like a lot of times mistakes are not mistakes you know like um i think that a lot of times we can have very little patience with ourselves and very little grace with ourselves and i think that things turning out quote-unquote poorly um or not as you expected, I guess, is more what I mean, um, doesn't have to mean that something was a waste of time. Um, you know, just because a relationship ended or just because a job ended um, doesn't mean that that was a waste of time. And that was a big thing, with, you know, like in the last few years, um, you know, starting a new job or doing the music stuff or moving to Texas from New York, that was a big shift for me, um, you know, nothing has to be permanent. Everything is changeable. Um, and just because something ends, I mean, you know, the cliche of like, you know, another door opens or a window opens. Yeah. But that's really true. It's like, you know, you kind of, you decide, um, to some extent, you know, how things, how you respond to things, um, and how you respond to things not going your way or what, how you thought it was going to turn out. So I think like, you can try to just try to make the most of of where you're at and learn from where you've been and and that's all we can do you know yeah i think that's part of what i love the most about the barn dance section if you will (laughs) is that it is this sort of exercise of agency it's this moment where at the end of the song, it's like, no, we're going to bloom. <laughs> like This is going to happen. We're going to make it happen. And we're going to be happy. And it's going to, you know, maybe not look exactly like we thought, but it's going to be worth celebrating and we're going to celebrate it. Yeah. I had never like the ha in there. I had never like vocalized in a song in that way. And I was like, am I really going to do this? But it was like, it was the only thing I could think of that like, all of a sudden it like breaks, you know, what's been happening before it like invites everybody in in a way where it's like no yeah now we're like in a totally different like we have a totally different perspective we're in a different room we're all together all of a sudden i'm not by myself you know like um and so yeah it was very fun to actually be creating that in a room with people um you're like we have a whole celtic ensemble now guys exactly exactly and so that initially when we were doing it at the retreat you know we were sort of improvising together in a room um, and then when we were actually recording it, we were doing the same thing. I'm, I'm somewhat bad sometimes at keeping to, um, 
a click track if it's not playing, but we ended up not using a click at the end just because we're switching tempo just a little, or tempi, I guess, a little bit. Like, it's like 5 BPM or something like that, or 10. Um, so it was fun. We had to then do that in a room together. Um, and so the three of us were in a room doing that together. I missed the other two performers who were in New Mexico, Molly Bogan and Daphne Gampel, but, um, but yeah, Kenyon and Chris and I in a room together, I wasn't in a booth by myself, you know, playing the mandolin, inviting invisible people. <laughs> I was truly inviting two people to play with me, to dance with me. Um, and then we did, we tracked the violins after. Um, so that was also fun to sort of like come up with those parts and, um, yeah, just try to make it feel as much, um, as together in, in a space, you know, everybody's in the same room as opposed to people are, you know, in different spaces, which is its own production technique. But for this, we really wanted it to feel like everybody was in a room together. Yeah. And it sounds like the way you achieved that feeling was to let yourself find a tempo that worked for you in that moment. Yeah. Not to like hold yourself to a click track, not to say, okay, no, but the whole song was that this particular tempo we have to keep it here and we're gonna or like we're all definitely gonna get to this tempo together but to naturally feel what came out of all of you existing in that space and vibing off of each other's energy and blooming as a community mm -hmm. if you'll pardon the pun yes <laughs> but yeah I think that's I love stories like that I think that there's so much joy in the little risks that we take in the studio like, you know what, let's turn off the click track. Because there's a moment of anxiety where we're like, oh no, what if I screw up the tempo? Totally. What so if it takes us 20 for... takes? Totally, especially when you're playing with other people and in the last, in the reel at the end, that last, you know, Chris plays with me the, you know, the... fast on it like for mandolin because of the way it's tuned it's one thing but playing that on a guitar too i was like don't speed up don't don't hurt his hand <laughs> you know, like, whatever, like, make sure we can stay you know and he's an incredible guitarist but like also for the ep release party with lily's sister playing with me i was like you have to keep you know like it's very much like in my brain but also i'm just wanting to have fun and just like let go and so i think i've i finally struck a balance having played it enough times where i'm like okay i think i it's in my body enough where I'm not going to play it so fast that the guitarist can't keep up. Um, so, yeah, it's just so fun to to record with people. Again, after, you know, like, being in isolation for a long time, being in a space with people, being able to play music and collaborate and experiment um, was really special because we didn't record it until... I'm trying to remember when that was. I think it was last summer. So it had already been, like, a year and some change since we had last done it together. So, yeah. Um, you know, this song has been, or this song and the EP have been in the making for a very long time, um, and it coming out near my birthday just felt like a really wonderful just um, combination of things, of, of new beginnings, and um, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, and yeah, special experience at that point to just be in a room and breathe together. Yes. Like, literally breathe together. Literally breathe together. Let that be okay. That's awesome. Catherine, I'm so glad that you put this song out into the world. Thank you so much for giving of your time and of your spirit so generously and coming on and talking to us about it. Um, for people who are sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, this whole project sounds like it's going to be amazing. When does the big record come out? Um, where can I find the EP? Where's the best place for them to find you? And when can they expect Wake? Wonderful. That's a great question. Um, you can find me on Spotify. The biggest thing is my last name is with one T, Patterson, like the author. My great aunt is actually um, the author of Bridge to Terabithia, Catherine Patterson. That's so cool. And that so was like cool. a big, a big like question in my mind. I was like, oh, if I use my name, then will only she turn up when people search? And I was like, I can get over myself, you know. <laughs> um, there can be but, two uh, Catherine Pattersons. Yes, we can both exist. Um, so you can find my music on Spotify under Catherine Patterson. Um, but you can also find other links if you're not a Spotify user, Bandcamp, SoundCloud, Apple Music, on my website, catherinepattersonmusic.com. Um, in terms of Wake, the full project, it's a very good question. I've been talking with myself 
about like, okay, what's a what's a doable timeline for all this? Because for people who haven't released music before and don't release music, you know, you've got the, the songwriting process and then you've got the recording process and then you have the mixing and mastering process. And then after all of that, you're like, yes, I've got the, I've got the tracks in hand. Then you have to at least set like about a month in advance, send it out to the distributors so that they can gather all the, so it's a whole process. Fall of 23 is my goal. Um, to awesome. give you a, a somewhat nebulous answer, but a bit more concrete than just sometime this year. Um, that is the goal. But in the meantime, while people are waiting, they can find Bloom on Spotify, on all of the streaming services. They can also keep track of where you are, what shows you're playing, because it's not just you. You have a wonderful solo project, obviously, but you also play with very good friends. Yes. And Doggerland, yes. Doggerland, yes. Yeah, my partner Lily Lane and I play throughout the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. So all of that is on my website too. I've got the schedule of stuff and we post on Instagram. Um, so yeah, find us, talk to us. We're very friendly people, you know. And Be confirm. Vulnerable, say hi. <laughs> yeah, it's really, we really like being here in the music community. It's so wonderful to meet people like you and other musicians who are just so, such generous listeners, such generous people. Um, just like really really wonderful, wonderful people. It's a good community. Yeah. I was talking to Veronica Young of the Veronica Young show uh, at lunch yesterday. And the two of us were talking about how just what a blessing it is to have so many talented people in one place and not just talented people, but like talented people who are eager to learn about other people's talent. Yeah, absolutely. Especially because I think at least not being from Texas um, and knowing about Austin as the music, you know, like Dallas is not known outside of Dallas as like a music city, but I would very much say like it is, it's, there's a huge music community here, like really, really huge. And it's been really wonderful to like get to know even a small sliver of what, of what it is, um, through open mics and so far sound, you know, just like there's so many opening bell. I mean, it's just like really, really special, um, to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come on and be part of our family here at Journey of a Song. Thanks for letting me accost you at an open mic. <laughs> I'm glad we became friends. And for those who are listening on the radio, all you have to do to keep up with Catherine Patterson is to go to katherinepattersonmusic.com and that is K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E-P-A-1-T-E-R-S-O-N music, all one word.com. If you're listening in the radio, again, K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E-P-A-T-E-R-S-O-N. And if you're listening on a podcast, we've made your job super easy. You just scroll up and click and we'll have it all linked below because that is the magic of the internet. It's magical. Thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. I'm so grateful for the song and for your energy out in the world. And I can't wait for listeners to hear the fully produced version. Would you like to introduce your song? Sure. Um, without further ado... This is Bloom.
Thanks so much for joining me for this week's episode of Journey of a Song featuring Katherine Patterson. To learn more about Katherine or to follow her musical journey, visit her official website at katherinepattersonmusic.com. That's K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E-P-A-T-E-R-S-O-N music.com. For behind the scenes glimpses and inside information, follow me on Instagram at at Music. That's at E-M-M-E-L-I-N-E music. Don't forget to check out my other show, Journey of an Artist, Sundays at 12 p.m. Central on DBLM Radio. Journey of a Song airs Wednesdays at noon Central Time on DBLM Radio, and each episode is available as a podcast the very next day. Discover new music and hear fascinating stories with me, Emmeline, every Wednesday on DBLM Radio and wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're enjoying the show, don't forget to tune in next week. You won't want to miss a single minute of these inspiring conversations. If a picture is worth a thousand words... A song is worth a thousand stories.